Welcome to week four of Anno Domini. We are so excited to be finishing this amazing series off. Has it been a blessing to you and to your faith? Come on, put our hands together here. Um, wow, how about highlight the city week? We have just round up and finished off highlighting our city. We've been shining the light of Jesus and loving our city in practical ways. Such an amazing 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 week i just recently got some numbers in um, from the church Uh, we served almost 20 different opportunities Um, come on we can clap that up yeah that was monday through saturday there and wow that's a lot of hours we served 588 hours as a church that you know that's huge because within our first three years and change we served almost 1,000 hours as a, ch- as a church. So in one week, we did 600, close to 600 hours. Let's put our hands together for that again. Thank you guys so much. You all are so amazing. And then we gave approximately $3,000 in our outreach efforts this week. It's just been huge. For superhero signups, we had 239 individuals sign up for Make a drive through Difference and Love Our Kids Drive. We also had 200 more signups for uh, opportunities like sponsor and mom, where as a church we come alongside young mothers and support them in their journey to success. We've also fed uh, families here in the Gaithersburg area, and uh, we also went out to comfort cases and packed some amazing backpacks for kids who are in the foster care system. And uh, it's just been a joy, and it's been so fun to share the love of Jesus Christ across the city. We're grateful. We thank God for the opportunity, and for that, we celebrate one more time. Come on, church. Let's put our hands together for thank you. Such an amazing week, um, and and man, it's just one huge step in the right in the right direction. And so, what I want to do is I want to lead us in two ways to give. Two ways to give. Maybe you were a part of highlight the city week. Maybe not, but um, maybe the Lord is leading you to give, and, and you say, hey, I want to make a difference there. Um, and, and the church has been a blessing to your faith and to your life. I want to walk you just real quick through two quick ways to give. Uh, you can visit our website at highlight.church invest, highlight.church invest, and you can give a one-time gift, or you can set up for recurring, and uh, you can also text any amount to 84321. That's any amount to 84321, and uh, all those platforms are user-friendly, and uh, we, we promise to get it to where it needs to be. And so we thank you for your generosity and your service and your heart of faith. Let's go ahead and pray it in as we prepare our offering and as we prepare to, uh, for this final installment for Anno Domini. Father, we love you, and we just give you all the praise and the glory. God, we thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in and through Highlight Church. We thank you, Lord, for this past week and how we were able to go and and, and, and literally be you, Lord, in this city. Um, and so, God, we pray that uh, you, you would take, Lord, the, the seed of service and that you would multiply it in the hearts of the people um, that you called us to serve. Uh, God, we thank you for your word, and we open your, our hearts up to your word today, and we're ready to receive, we're ready to lean in, and we're ready for our faith to grow. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Awesome. Uh, amazing. So week four of Anno Domini, and we're going to go ahead and read the verse here in Luke 4, verse 18. It says this here, it says, The Spirit of the Lord 
is upon me, this is Jesus, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. And this is what we're going to focus on this week, and recovery of sight to the blind. Recovery of sight to the blind. What I, what I like to do is I, I want to break it down a little bit more, a little bit more. There are some terms here. And uh, before, before we break down these terms, there is something so key here that I see. Jesus says, recovery of sight to the blind. So that tells us that at one point in your existence, you had God's full vision in mind. Y- you were clear on God's vision for your life. Maybe it's when we were in heaven, in the mind of God. Uh, maybe it's when we were being formed in the womb of our mothers. But at one point, we had God's vision completely for our lives. So Jesus uses this language. He says, recovery of sight to the blind. Now, the word sight here means vision. It means vision. Or you can go even more with um, inward perception. So a a spiritual perception of of God's will for your life. You you got that clarity, that, that discernment, sight, vision, inward perception. And then he uses the word blind here. And this is very interesting when you break it down in the Greek. The word blind means to be blocked by smoke. So it's when your vision is blocked by, by smoked, by smoke. So essentially Jesus said this, as, as we break it down a little bit more here in Luke 4, 18, he says that he has sent me to announce that smoke will no longer block your vision. He has sent me to announce that smoke will no longer block your vision. Man, that's such good news because we can all feel like there's smoke in our vision. It's one thing to have sight. You know, you, when you see something, you see what's in front of you. Like I, I see the barrel. I see the camera. I see you. You're eating. You're eating. You need to stop eating right now and you need to take a note. You're eating. Okay. So I, I see you. I also see your friend. You have a pen and a notepad. And so you're doing the right thing. I see you. I see you. I see you. But that, that's, I see you. I see you. I might see you. I mean, you know what I mean. I see you. I think I see you. But, or vision is to see beyond what's currently in your, in your view. What, what's, what's in your, it's to see beyond what's in your sight. And so Jesus says, I come to announce that smoke will no longer block your vision. I remember uh, it was ninth grade. And we were going to our third, our third class of the day. It was around 10, 15 a.m. And as we were sitting down and unpacking our bags and, and getting ourselves ready for class, English class, Mrs. Gurch, she was such an amazing lady. She turned on the, on the TV. And uh, on TV, I mean, it was such a traumatic scene. It was a scene of a building that was on fire. And, uh, but you didn't really see the fire as much as you saw the smoke coming from the building. I mean, this is 10 o'clock in the morning. What in the world could be going on in the world this traumatic at 10 o'clock in the morning? And then a few moments later, you see a, you see a plane crash into the, to the building next to it. These, this is the World Trade Center in New York. And you see a little fire, some explosion, and then just all this smoke coming from the building as these buildings are slowly, slowly going down. And then the principal comes on the intercom and he says, hey, look, um, we may be sending everyone home soon, but we want to stay put in our classes. We want to be safe. There has been a terrorist attack in New York. 
And I mean, at that moment, just fear just gripped our hearts. We, we didn't know what to think. And then we got the reports later on that day of the Pentagon. You know, an airplane has went into the Pentagon. I mean, that's the capital of the United States of America. And so you just don't know what to think. And we were scared and we were doubtful. We didn't know whether to leave school or, or what. And all you just saw, you just saw the smoke, all the smoke come from these buildings. Smoke, smoke, smoke. It's just a, a tough day, tough day. And it's crazy to think that next month will be 19 years since 9-11 originally happened. That's almost 20 years ago. And then earlier this year in January, um, it, was, it was a little bit after church, and we were coming here to this building, my family and I, my wife and my kids, we were coming here to this building. And I remember I was stepping on the elevator to come up to the church. I mean, and at that point, what you see here is not what the church looked like, but it was January this year, and as we were stepping on the elevator, I got a text from my best friend, and he said, uh, he said Kobe died. Kobe died. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Like, I'm, I'm a huge basketball fan. If you know anything about me, Kobe Bryant's my favorite player. Um, I'm like, Kobe died. What are you talking about? So get off the elevator, come here, and Google it. You know, Kobe died. Uh, and, and you start seeing pictures. And in the pictures, you don't see the fire. Right. You, you, see, you see the crash, you see the mountains, and you see the smoke. And you see the smoke. And it, and it had been confirmed that he was on the helicopter. His 13-year-old daughter, Gigi, was on the helicopter and seven other beautiful souls passed away with him. And that sadness just kind of kicked in. Kobe, no, it can't be Kobe. Kobe was only 40, 41 years old. He, he was just getting, he had, a great, he had a great basketball career, but he was just getting, we're talking about the mamba mentality. We're talking about a champion. You're talking about, he can't die. He's, he's Kobe Bryant. And, and the evidence of the crash and of the trauma and of, of the death was the smoke. It was, it was the smoke. And we can all admit and we can agree to, to this idea or this thought here is that we've all been burnt. We've all been burnt. We've all been burnt. We've all had fires set in our lives by people. People. Um, poor relationships. Um, I, being a pastor, I, I've walked through a couple divorces in, in my pastorate. And I mean, they can, they can get ugly. The words that are said and, 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 you know, the physical components and the abuse and, and the money's lost. And then when there are kids involved in, in, in things like divorce, it just gets real ugly and it gets real tight. And people get burnt. By the, the kids get burnt by divorces and by breakups. Um, may, maybe, maybe mom was physically present in the home or dad, but he wasn't there emotionally. And, and all, we, all we fiend for growing up was dad's affection and dad's love and dad's hug and dad's approval. But we got burnt. We got burnt. We got burnt. Fires have been set in our lives by people. A lot of fires have been set in our lives by poor health. Poor health. So bad, a, a bad diagnosis. You, you didn't expect to go into the doctor and for him to say, yeah, you, you've contracted A, B, C, X, Y, Z. I remember... Uh, a little bit before my grandma passed away. This was months, like two or three months before she passed away. I had just went to her doctor's appointment with her. And the doctor said that she had this form of cancer, 
but there was no really a very rare chance for it to come back into attacker. It was down 0.003%. And, and three months later, we're, we're going into the ICU and we're in that back room and I sit down in this room and my mom, she tells me that we're in that room, like that room. It, it didn't dawn on me, we were in the ICU. And they had just told my mom before I came that grandma was about to pass away. That 0.003% cancer had came in full blown. And we were, we were, you know, saying prayers and we were saying bye-bye to grandma within the next two or three hours. Fires have been set by, by a bad diagnosis or, or by a terminal illness. Fires have been set by the present, by the present. A lot of people right now struggling, struggling out there financially, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, fires, fires, fires have have just been set. We've all been burnt. I've been burnt. You've been burnt. They've been burnt. We have all been burnt. The scripture actually says, don't consider it as weird that we all have gone through trials and tribulations. We've all been through tough times. We've all been burnt, which leads to this, this thought right here is that first the fire, then the smoke. First the fire, then the smoke. First the fire of a divorce, then the smoke of will I ever be married again, happily. First the fire of a bad diagnosis, then the smoke of will I ever be healthy again. First the fire, then, then the smoke. Right now, parts of California are up in flames. Earlier this year, Australia, oh my goodness, Australia was, was up in flames. And some symptoms of wildfire smoke are, if you've ever experienced any, any kind of aggressive smoke, some symptoms, they say number one is shortness of breath. So you begin to lose your breath when you're close to thick smoke. If you're in it for too long, your chest gets tight. Your chest gets tight. I, I've never had one, but I've heard of panic attacks where you get that shortness of breath and that chest tightness. I was, man, I was driving the other day. Like I said, we've all been burnt. And I just, I don't know, we're in the middle of Highlight the City week. And I, it was the other day, it was Thursday or Wednesday or something. And I just felt just a, a tightness in my chest. I'm like, oof, I never, I never had this. What is this? And so I just kind of tossed it to the wind. Maybe I was, you know, I needed to breathe or something. I don't know. But just, I felt that. Maybe anxiety was coming on just, just, just momentarily. They also say stinging eyes. If you've ever been around a fire ever been around smoke, your, your eyes start to sting in, in the water, which leads to, here it is, decreased visibility. Decreased visibility. So you, if you're ever in the presence of thick smoke that has been caused by a fire, you're, you're trying to navigate it. You're trying to, you're trying to get around it. You're trying to, you're trying to be present, but you, that, those stinging eyes just, they, 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 call, they cause you to close your eyes. So in the spiritual realm, if you've ever been burnt emotionally or mentally or psychologically or even in your spirit, it closes you to walk around in life with just stinging, tearful, with this tearful, torn up, torn down spirit, this apathetic spirit where your spiritual eyes have now become blocked by smoke. And the hopelessness is set in. Where's the vision of God? Where's God's goodness? Where are the possibilities of God? And you just, you know, you can walk around with that blocked by smoke kind of sight and vision. And, and that's just not God's, God's will for your life. 
they say in the past six months, anxiety amongst young adults 19 to 35 years old has went from 6.4% to 38% in the past six months. 6.4% anxiety, that tightness of chest, that shortness of the breath, that fear. What are we going to do? What am I going to do? That anxiety. They say that depression has went from 8% to 32%. So it causes you to, in the spirit. But then that depression causes you to walk around like, you're not like that physically. What, what Jesus is saying here in Luke 4 is not a physical thing as much as it is a spiritual thing. So you may be like this in the physical. I'm fine. I'm okay. <laughs> I promise. I promise I'm okay. I'm good. But your spirit, man, is like this. Be- because you know that you cannot see through the smoke. And so you can't see through depression. You can't see through anxiety. So Jesus says this. He says, I've come to announce that smoke will no longer block your vision. That, that's the good news of Jesus Christ. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen actually says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no, no revelation from God, where there is no clarity from from God where there is no spiritual vision from God it's at that point when your soul and the potential that God has placed on the inside of you begins to die and and right now that's the greatest tool of the enemy in this season is to create a smoke screen in your life that's based upon and that's birthed from the fires of your past that's what he wants to do. And, and it can also be birthed from the fires of the present. He wants to create this smoke screen. He wants people to think that you're never going to recover from COVID-19. 2020 was the year that you lost it all. You will not make it out of 2020. He's creating this smoke, this smoke, this smoke. And the enemy is attempting to block the vision of God from coming through your spiritual eyes. Because he knows where there is no vision, the people, the people perish. And this is crazy because the stat is this. It says that wild, wildfire smoke causes 20,000 deaths per year in America. 20,000 deaths per year. Not the fire, the smoke. It, it, oftentimes, it's, it's not what burnt you that kills you. It's, it's the after effects. It's the smoke of what burnt you that kills you. So what, what Jesus came to deal with was not the burning, but the smoke. Because why? We've all been burnt. First the fire, then the smoke. First the fire, than the smoke. And I, I just kind of like last week when I, you know, we talked about, you know, I said, you know, it's going to be simple but extremely profound. I'm, I'm going to drop it on you. This is where the message turns the corner. That this is going to be simple, but it's the most powerful point in the message. And here it is, simply put, is that Jesus can clear the smoke. Parenthetically, <laughs> my production team is, <laughs> if you let them. He, he, he can clear the smoke if, if you let him. I, um, my, my wife is categorically uh, 
better than me at most things. That's why I say categorically. So if we're talking about cleaning, Kyra Redding. Um, uh, if we're talking about organization, Kyra Redding. If we're talking about preaching, Kyra Redding. <laughs> if we're talking about leadership, Joshua Redding. No. <laughs> Uh, categorically, though, most things she's she's better better than me. When I when I read the scripture, we, we look at the life of Jesus, and I mean we see this guy. I mean, come on, number one, he's born of a virgin. Who's ever done that? <laughs> that just knocks knocks us out right there. Um, let's think here. Uh, raised a guy from the dead. Walked on water. Didn't sink died, rose again. I mean, he, he's just better at everything. Like, we, we, we try to fix our lives. We get some progress. We end up back where we started. Jesus comes in, and he cleans it all up. So, so Jesus can clear the smoke, but it's based upon what he's allowed to do in our lives, if you let him. I, let's, let's read a story too. Because he said, I've come to announce that smoke will no longer block your vision. So we're gonna, we're gonna use a, a tangible story in the gospels to drive home this spiritual truth. And it says this here in Mark 8, verse 22. It says that when they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus, and they begged him, touch the man and heal him, please. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led, ooh, there it is, led him out of the village. So anytime you see village in scripture, you know it's a small place. Very, probably, probably a few hundred, probably a few hundred. Very small place. It says this, so Jesus led the man. If you let him, if you let him, Jesus led him. If you let him, Jesus led him. And it says this here, then spitting on the man's eyes. Hold up, time out. Did, did we just read, is that there in the lower thirds? I'm sure it is. Did we just read that? Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked him, can you see anything now? So, so this, is the, this man is blind. So what did we say earlier? That his vision is blocked by smoke. And so the point here says, Jesus can clear the smoke if you let him. So he did, he did two things here. He led him out. So, you know, essentially, like, you can only be led if, you're, if you allow yourself to be led. So, so that's this guy's first great thing he did. Jesus took him by the hand. He led him out of a small place from around small people. We'll get to that here in a moment. Small thinker, small-minded. Well, I'm going ahead of myself, but I'm starting to feel comfortable with the saying because I, I know where I'm going out. So anyway, he led him out from small people, from small thinkers. And then Jesus said, <laughs> maybe he didn't. I'm sorry. I'm, do, I'm doing too much. But it's, <laughs> I mean, I, I had to do some research on this, and I'm going to be dead honest with you. I could not find anything in Jewish society 
our, our culture back in Jesus' day that justify why he spit in his eyes. I'm, I'm Googling, was spitting in someone's face honorable in Jesus' day? You can't find it. Dude, the universal thing for spitting in people's face since Adam is straight up disrespect. You can't find it. Now be spiritually deep and find it. I want you to. We got some person out there that think they, they spiritually deep and they found the revelation. It's not there. You don't spit in anyone's face. If you let him. Let me get back to the text. Can you see anything? The man looked around and, oh, th- this is powerful when I was studying Yes, he said, I see people, but I can't see them clearly. They look like trees walking around. Now, back to Luke 4, Jesus said, I've come to announce what? Starts with an R. Recovery. How would this man know what trees look like? If he never seen them. Because at one point in his life, now in in his physical, tangible life, he was able to see. Now spiritually, at one point in your existence, you were able to see all of God's will for your life. And so back to the text. I just thought that was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty cool. It says this here. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were open. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. I love this part. Jesus sent him away saying, don't go back into the village on your way home. Don't go back into the small place on your way home. Now, a few things happen here. So the spit, the spit, the spit, the spit. Your spittle is 98% water. Okay, let's go back to our series. You ready for this? Your spit is 98% water. Water is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Water also puts out. Water also puts out flames. And then the scripture says that he laid his hands on him. And, and so there, there's teaching in Scripture that, that says the laying on of hands oftentimes brings the Holy Spirit into the situation, into a believer's heart, into a new believer's heart. So Jesus spat, Holy Spirit. Jesus laid his hands, Holy Spirit, because in the presence of two witnesses, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit and Jesus, a thing is established, says the Scripture. So now the Holy Spirit is about to clear the smoke. Now the word spirit in the Greek is pneuma. That is translated as breath, air, wind. So Jesus puts out the fire, and it's when you, when you come, become a believer in Christ and you believe in the work that he's doing in, in your life, 
the power of the wind of the Spirit has the capacity to blow away the smoke. So when people ask, like, what is, what is God's vision for my life? It starts in Jesus. Jesus can clear the smoke if you let him. And, and, and so it says in verse 26 that Jesus took the man out of the village. I, I love when Jesus does things for people. He instructs them because he loves them too much. It's the same thing a few weeks ago with the woman caught in adultery. What did he say to her? He said, do they condemn you? Do I, can, I don't condemn you. Where are your condemners? She said, they are nowhere. Do I condemn you? No, you don't condemn me. Well, get up and sin no more. So this is the thing. Jesus can put out the fires. He can clear the smoke. But if he doesn't take you away from small-minded people, he, 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 can, he can give you sight, but he can't heal your vision. So when you come to Christ, you got you to gotta ask yourself, am I letting him rearrange my relationships? A large part of why believers and unbelievers, a, a large part of the reason why you don't know or you can't see God's vision for your life, it's because of the people that you're surrounded by. So Jesus took him out of the village and he said, don't go back into that village because it's those small thinkers. It's those gossipers. It's those negative Nancys that's keeping you blind. They're the ones keeping the smoke in your view. So key question to ask yourself is, will I let Jesus have his way in my life? I think, I think it's pretty fitting for a year like 2020. Wow, 2020 is, the, is perfect vision. <laughs> I think it's pretty fitting to ask ourselves that. That, that, that if, if the smoke is going to be cleared and if it's going to remain out of my life, I have to continue to ask myself on the daily, am I allowing Jesus to have his way in my relationships? Am I thinking, am I decision-making, and my health? And that's how the smoke stays clear. Why is this important? Well, here it is. It's because God has vision for your life. God has vision for your life. And I know a lot of people are probably thinking right now, like, is that a typo? Is that, 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 that's correct grammar, but that's not the modern-day cultural way that we we say it here pastor josh i mean god has vision for your life that that's what i meant god has vision for your life a lot of times we come and we ask what's the question we ask what is god's vision for my life or does god have a vision for my life i need you to follow me here does god have a vision for my life and typically when we ask does god have a vision for my life we're, we're typically asking about career or, or what state to move or what should I do with my life or should I buy this house or this, this, and that. We're typically asking for one specific thing. Does God have a vision for my life? My answer to you is this. 
God has vision for your life. This is why he took the gentleman out of the village. Because God has vision for your life. Yes, like I'm a father. I want my kids to go to the MLB one day. That, that, is, that is a vision I have for them. If they do it or if they don't, I still love them. That's an aspiration. But it's not the only aspiration. So, because we know, we know people who have had success, they have had riches, they have had money, they have had fame, but then we see them on the news and they're no longer here. They're locked up. They're void. They're empty. Because they got that thing, and, and it wasn't the thing that fulfilled them on the inside. They, they made it to the league. They got the record deal. They sold the books. They got the advance. They got the tour, but they're still missing what truly matters. And, and that's a relationship with God. So God doesn't just have a vision for your life. He has vision for your life. So yeah, like I said, MLB or not, I want my kids to be healthy. I, I want them to be joyful. I want them to discover purpose that brings them joy to make a difference. I want them to walk in their confidence in Christ. It's, it's all-encompassing. God's vision for your life is all-encompassing. That's why he had to get the man out of the village. Because there was a bigger world than just, oh, I can see now. No, 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 no. You haven't seen all that there is to see in Jesus God has vision for your life. Come on, church. Let's celebrate. He has vision, and it's big, and it's all-encompassing. And it's for your joy. And it's, his vision is joy. His vision is it's peace. His vision is purpose. His vision is resource. It's all-encompassing. It's not just one thing. It's not just one thing. And it says this here in Psalm 139. Prove it to me, Pastor. I will. Here it is. Psalm 139 says this. It says, you watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. Watch this. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb. I, I think, I think we kind of, we tapped on this a little bit before about when did you have God's vision for your life? You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book every day every moment was laid out before a single day had passed God, God, God has all since before you were born God has laid out every day that he intended your life to look like he, he laid it out he, he laid it out Every day, every, your strength, he laid it out. Your freedom, he laid it out. Your forgiveness, he laid it out. Your purpose, he laid it out. It says this here, how precious are your thoughts, not your thought. <laughs> God doesn't just have one thought. For you. Your thoughts. For me, and it says this here, oh God, they cannot be numbered. 
So the reason I got to get you out of this village is because if I heal your sight, you will think that that's the only thought I have towards you is to just give you sight. (laughs) My thoughts are far greater than that. We got to get you out of the village because I got thoughts that cannot be numbered. God has thoughts for your life that cannot be numbered. Even during COVID? Yes, even during COVID. You remember those things you prayed? You, you, you remember your, uh, your New Year's resolutions that we, we, we all gave up on around day 8, day 14, statistically? You remember that? God has not forgotten that. You you remember that prayer for your youngest child, your sibling? That, that, That business you believe that God placed on your heart? That child that you you're attempting to conceive? The child that you didn't think you were gonna conceive, now you've conceived him? You remember all that? All of that was a part of God's vision for your life. And what I want to give you real quick, because I don't have much time, we're going to end the series off here. I want to give you three ways to overcome spiritual blindness. Three ways to overcome spiritual blindness. Number one, place your life in Jesus' hands. Place your life in Jesus' hands. It's just, it's that time, right? A, a lot of us, we're, we're, we've, we're going through the motions of church. I, I want to encourage you, place it, like the blind man in, in Bethsaida. They, they brought him to Christ because spiritually his sight was being blocked by smoke. He, he knew that there was something greater. You, you know that there's something greater. You know that there's blessing. You know that there's purpose. He knew it because this guy had seen before. His friends knew that he had seen before. I don't know if this guy was a business owner. I don't know if he was an amazing leader in this village. I don't know, if he, I don't know who he was, but his friends cared enough to know that this guy he saw before, and when he did see, he was an amazing man. So Jesus, I know that you bring sight to the blind. And so, Lord, we're bringing him to you. And what I love about this blind guy is he just placed his life in the hands of Christ. Yeah. I mean, come on, think about it. Jesus could have been taking him to a lake. Wow. Jesus could have been taking him to the edge of, of the ocean. Jesus could have been taking him to a pit and just... No, no, he, he just, well, I don't know what Jesus is going to do. I'll tell you what Jesus is going to do. He's going to love you. He's going to forgive you. He's going to restore you. He's going to heal you. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to give you vision for your life. Place your life in Jesus' hands. Place it in his hands. Trust him. Give him your heart. Give him your mind. Give him your soul turn to him. The Bible says, repent, repent, turn to him. Have a change of mind. Have a change of heart. 
and, and, and that's the first way. That's the first way that you overcome spiritual blindness. Number two, put God's word in your heart. Put God's word in your heart. Put God's word in, in your heart. A lot of people, what, what is God's vision for my life? I, I taught this Monday morning to the men. The first, the first step is giving your life to Jesus. The second is God's word in your heart. It, it, it's not, a lot of people ask, what is God's vision? How, how, how can I see, you know? You know, what, what is it? No, it, it's right here. This is the reveal will of God. Incorruptible. Indestructible. No errors. 1,500 years. 40 different authors. This is truth. God's word in your heart. The, the Bible says in the book of Isaiah that as you go, I will guide you. I'll show you the way to go. You'll hear a voice, but, but, but you, 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 you recognize that voice based upon the written word. Put this in your heart, God's word in your heart. I, I love what the psalmist says here in Psalm 119, verse 11. He says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now, 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 sin is an archery term, and it means to miss the mark. So, so this isn't like a, the, the psalmist isn't referring to a wicked offense. The psalmist is referring here to following the will, the vision, the word of God. So I hide it in my heart that I might not miss the direction of God's vision for my life. So if you want to walk in spiritual clarity, and, and if you want to continue to overcome spiritual blindness, you get into a gospel, practically speaking. I want to encourage you, get, get into the book of Mark. Get into John. And, and this is what you got to do. You got to read it and believe it. Put it in your heart. What's God's will for my life? This is it. And then the third thing you want to do to overcome spiritual blindness is put God's word into practice. Put it into practice. Put it into practice. It's simply put like this. The ways, no, the word of God plus the ways of God equals the will of God. The, the word of God plus the ways of God equals the will of God. I, I think about every morning how we, we wake up to, especially, in, well, in my, in my household, I don't know about anyone else. We wake up and skin is dry. And we, we look at our legs. You know, we, we got, I got a little melanin, I'm just saying. And uh, sometimes I look at my knees and, and my kids' knees and, it's almost like we've been crawling around on concrete for a week. I mean, come on. And so the lotion is right there. The, the deodorant, the sugar, the pepper. But these things only work 
when applied. The word is no different. What's God's will for my life? I want to overcome spiritual blindness. Give your heart to Jesus. Put this thing in your heart and live it. And I promise you that you will see the clouds begin to go away. Give your life to Jesus today. Anno Domini, in the year of the Lord's favor. You know that that actually means in the year of Christ's birth. And as we taught in week one, he came, he died, he rose. So we're still in the year of Christ's birth. We're still in the year of our Lord. 2020 can be your best year if it's your best year spiritually. Come on, put your hands together. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. 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 I am not going to skip this revelation. I want to give you this real quick before we go. I want to give you this real quick. So there was Daniel and his three best friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and uh, and Abednego. And Nebuchadnezzar wanted them to worship this golden statue, and they did not. So they turned the furnace up seven times beyond the hottest temperature it had ever been. And so Nebuchadnezzar was upset and he was mad and he threw Daniel's best friends into this fire. And I mean, these were men who had placed their lives in the hand of God. The word of God was in their hearts. And these were men who put the word of God into practice. And so the Bible records that they turned up the fire, they threw these men in there. And after some time, they checked in on them and they said, man, they're still alive. And it looks like the fourth one that's in there is the son of God or a son of the gods. This is Jesus in the Old Testament before he was even born. So Nebuchadnezzar looked down there and he called out the three Hebrew boys. And we're going to pick it up here. It says this here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell like smoke. They didn't even smell of smoke. I'm telling you, the, it'll clear out. It'll clear. The smoke will clear out. You start walking in purity, it'll clear out. You, you start praying, spending time with God, 10, 15 minutes a day. It doesn't have to be long. Clear out. You start serving, creating that pattern, building that faith of self, you know, building that selflessness. You start taking steps of faith that are scary, but you make a practice of it. Clear up. You don't have to be blind anymore. Come on, let's put our hands together again. I had to, I had to give that to us. I had to give that to us. And I want to introduce you to Christ. I want to 
um, lead you into a prayer. If you've never given Jesus your, your life before, he is he's gracious and he's loving and he is kind. He is your savior and he cares for you. Or maybe you do know Christ, but you have not been walking with him. I want to call you back home to your Savior. And I want, to, I want to lead you in this prayer for you to rededicate or to dedicate your life to Christ so that God's vision can be activated for your life. So would you pray along with me? Father God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for shedding your blood for my forgiveness. I turn from my ways and I turn to you. I give you my life. I trust you. I ask for the gift of your spirit in my heart. Make me new and give me the grace to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you just made that decision, it's the greatest decision ever. And while I, I can't wait to see you next week for our brand new series, By Faith, it's going to be awesome. But um, have a great Sunday, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Be good, church. Take care. <laughs>